lights, camera, we're going live. Learn the ins and outs of live events from today's top business leaders and how to make yours epic. Here's your host, Aaron Smith. All right, well, welcome to another episode of Epic Live Events. I'm excited to have Natalie Ekdahl here. Natalie, welcome. Erin, I'm so excited to be here. And honestly, thank you for putting this podcast together because I wish I wish I could have listened to it a year or a year and a half ago. Well, thank you. I'm happy to have you here because you are just coming off your very first event, Biz Chicks Live. We can see it right behind you there. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I know. <laughs> yes. Uh, but you are the owner and founder of Biz Chicks, uh, bizchicks.com. Oops, sorry about that. And you, you are a mastermind leader. You're one on one coach. You've got a podcast that you're almost 300 episodes now into. Yeah. Congratulations. Almost, uh, yeah. And almost for start my fourth year, uh, fourth year anniversary in, uh, in January. That's incredible. And I know you have, this is not your first rodeo when it comes to entrepreneurship and business. You've been highly active in businesses for a while and even with your husband. So, I would love to know what it was. So you've been running BizChick now, you said for almost four years. You started with the podcast, you do the coaching. What you, and let's also mention you have, a fa- you have three children, little children and a 15 year old. Yes. <laughs> you know, I mean, you just have like crazy here. Yeah, you have a couple things going on. I mean, yeah, I have a 15 year old daughter, a five year old son, and a three year old son. And uh, a very busy life, I would say. It's especially with a teenager. Like I wasn't prepared for all the driving I would need to do. We are great at carpooling people. (laughs) You think it all ends when they turn like five, but it's only beginning. Uh, So why now? Like what was it that was happening in your business, in your life? And had you thought about an event for a while uh, and you just said, now I'm going to take the plunge or was it kind of a sudden thing that you're like, let's do it? Yeah, well, it wasn't as sudden as yours because you assured that you basically were like three months out, let me start this. Uh, but really in terms of planning an event, that is extremely crazy what you did, Erin. Uh, mine was more, uh, it started in January of 2017. And let me share what happened. I spoke at uh, Dana Malstaff's staff's boss mom retreat. And it was the first time I had spoken in a room of women. So if you had asked me, this time last year, if I was going to host a live event, I would have said, no, I, I like going to them. I'm cool speaking at them, uh, but I don't really see a need to create one. When I spoke in a room full of something close to my ideal audience, so we have different audiences. They're not exactly the same type of woman, but they're very similar. I hadn't spoke in a room full of women. So having that experience I was addicted. And I also got to sit kind of like a fly on a wall and watch what was happening with her attendees. So I think that there was probably, I'm not sure how many women were in the room, 75 to 100 around there. And watching the women connect, taking this online community offline, the women, I mean, to be honest, Dana could have done nothing. She could have just said, I have created a room for you to talk. And I believe that the women in that room would have been thrilled. And actually that helped me like with my mindset as I was preparing for my event, I would, uh, I would, I would get really nervous and I would just remember 
even if I just provide the space for real-time connection, the women will walk away you know, that was, that was good enough. Maybe something wasn't what they wanted, but it was good enough because they, that experience is so powerful. So of course we delivered way more than that, but that kind of really sparked the bug. And I, I just started rolling with it and my, my community got so excited about it. And to be honest, it's the best thing I've ever done for my business. Okay. I love it. I got I goosebumps. Tell us about the, I want to go with that right away. Why is it the best thing? I, I never knew what it does. Uh, and I'd love to hear your perspective on the other side of the event. It brought women together. I think there's such a need to connect in person. We are all living this online world, especially those of us that are online entrepreneurs. I have a mixture in my audience of women that have brick and mortar, women that are product entrepreneurs, women that have service-based businesses like locally, and, uh, and women that, uh, that are basically pure online entrepreneurs. But all of us are so busy. And with social media, we feel connected, like we're following what's happening in each other's lives, but we're actually not really connected. And so to build relationship, we need to have that in-person time. And having being the person that created that, I have so much goodwill from my, my community now. And this is like on their calendar now, you know, going forward every year. They're, they're, we've actually booked 2019 and 2020 dates. Ooh, I love it. That mm-hmm. is awesome. Yeah. Um, and in terms of my business, let me yes. just share because no, do, I, I was creating, I, I have, I have a business and I'm very business minded and I don't do things just for the fun of it. Uh, the goal was not necessarily to make a profit from the event, but to help people learn about how to work with myself and my team and to share about our, pro- our products, our programs at the event. And so that's what we did. We were sharing about our mastermind programs for 2018 and the, the, the ability for women to say yes very quickly in that moment, in that live experience, and, and also to get to tell them about it, you know, from the heart, from the stage was amazing and so much easier than one at a time. <laughs> yeah. Well, even if you, I don't believe, even if you do the group setting on video, on a Facebook live, whatever it is, I don't think you can get to the yes as quickly as you can on a live room. It's just, it's different. No. And honestly, people that came to the event, and I think about myself too, because I attend a lot of events as well. We're buyers. We're people that want to buy. We are growth oriented people. That's why we are taking the time to get out of our homes and get out of our businesses. And so what was really cool was it wasn't just me that was doing business in the room. It was my other speakers and uh, other attendees as well. There's so much I, I wish I could capture and I'm hoping to be able to do this how much revenue was created from the room and collaborations and partnerships. I went, I went over to say one, hi to one of my friends and, and who was attending and she was literally swiping someone's credit card through her little square on her iPhone. And I was like, Hey, Hey, are you making some money? What's happening here? She's like, yeah, people, I was just telling someone about what I do and they said they want to work with me and, and they're just bought my program. So that was also so fulfilling. Um, it was so fulfilling to see not only, you know, how this event helped my business, but it helped so many other people's businesses too. That's incredible. But 
I want to just say it, that stuff doesn't happen by chance. You as a facilitator set that up. You also very intentionally set up your event for a lot of networking because you did the cruise at the beginning. Um, I'm willing to bet there were a lot of like sessions where you did that. Can you talk about the intention behind that and really encouraging people to meet each other, to talk uh, and what you did to make that happen? I will. Uh, I also want to share something I did to help myself beforehand, yes. which is I invested in a coach that had done events, events similar to what I wanted to do. And I actually spent $10,000 to spend six hours with this woman that had done events for women entrepreneurs and sold her programs at her events. So that was scary. That was a big investment for me. But I wanted my event not to be a one, I feel like a first time event. I wanted people to feel like this was a second, third, or I really wanted to feel like a third year event. Mm-hmm. When I rate myself, it felt like just in between a second and third year. It's like a 2.2, 2.4 year event. No, so it's I awesome. I accomplished that because I, I wanted to be prepared. And I also talked to other event owners. So um, I am friends with Michael Stelzner, who has Social Media Marketing World, and uh, PT, who has FinCon. And so I was able to talk to them, Jared and Dan Easley, who have Podcast Movement, all those people, like I got tips and things from them. So if I was smart, I should have had a call with you. It's just I didn't have enough time to have calls okay. with everybody that I know. So in doing that, I thought about the what I love about the events I go to. And one of the things I love about social media marketing world is that it starts off with a networking session. So I'm, I'm actually an introvert, which means that it doesn't mean that I'm not outgoing, but that I feel shy. And I, I also get my energy from being alone, right? So that's one way. But I also can feel a little social anxiety in large groups, especially when I don't know everybody in the room or don't know many people. So at Social Media Marketing World, they start off with this um, networking event on an aircraft carrier. And I thought, okay, what could I do in my area that is kind of akin to that? And so we chose, I, I live in Orange County, California, which is kind of halfway between San Diego and Los Angeles. And we're near Newport Beach and Newport Beach Harbor. And so we, we literally bust everybody <laughs> from our hotel to uh, Newport Beach Harbor on the first night, on the kickoff night, and had a sunset cruise. So that was a way for people to just start to meet and mingle in advance. Another thing that helped with the overall connecting that happened, because what people said is conversations went deep very quickly. And I believe that was helped by, because many of my clients had been in masterminds together. So not everybody, but a number of people, not, not many of my attendees, not my clients, many of my attendees were actually my clients as well. And they had worked together, you know, for many months at a time, three, six months, nine months. And that, those relationships, I think, helped their closeness kind of spread throughout, throughout. And that really helped things. I love it because I think, listen, like you, you mentioned content's great. Content's important, but it's those relationships that people are going to walk away from. And that is what's going to make them come back year after year, you know, being able to get deeper, meet the right people, you get the right room together. And it is amazing. Now you're, it, this was not a $55 event. It was a high end event. Can you talk about that? Like going out, I, I'm sure there was some nerves putting out a high end event on your own for your first time too, but how that attracted the right people and what you did to really make sure it was the right room of people there. Thank you for asking. I actually adjusted my entire content for my business 
in early 2017, even started thinking really even long before that and towards the end of 2016. So when I speak and when I podcast, I am not talking to a brand new entrepreneur. I speak to women that are established business owners and especially create content for women that have six-figure businesses and beyond. And so it doesn't mean that other people aren't listening. And it doesn't mean that that was a whole, I had a whole room of six figure business owners. I didn't, but I would say the majority of women had a minimum of a five figure business. Um, some of them have, have are on their second business. <laughs> so, uh, it was, it was by design, a room full of women that were, um, that had businesses that were not brand new to business. And they also weren't corporate women, right? I, it's not business women. I'm talking to women entrepreneurs and that's who it was designed for. Um, so it was very scary, Erin. And I literally remember last spring having the invoices on the kitchen table and staring at them, the contracts for the hotel. So you have to sign in advance contracts for the hotel. Contra- there's a contract for a boat, contracts for bus companies. Uh, and it's money you're not going to get back. And especially with the hotels, I found it to be the hotel is, is a very scary contract assignment. Uh. You're having to guess on so many things. And uh, part of my contract involved um, how many hotel rooms people would book. Well, first of all, I don't know how many people are coming. And so, and I don't know how many people are going to stay in a room at the hotel, how many people are going to be local versus, versus traveling from out of town. These are women that are likely to share rooms together. How many women are going to share rooms together versus want their own room? I have, I was a, it was literally a crapshoot. I had no idea and I had to guess because you have to put something down and the hotels, especially as a first time event owner, you have no leverage. So Mm -hmm. I had no leverage and I had to basically do what they said and promise (laughs) like literally like the contract I was signing, I was responsible for like $70,000 worth of hotels and food and beverage service. And I, I would tell people we're either having an incredible live event for women or an amazing party for our friends and family. Like one of those <laughs> things is it's def- something is happening on these dates because we are promising they are, and we are contractually signing that they are. But um, you know, so it was terrifying, and I also didn't know how many people would say yes and come. And I will just be straight up and say my numbers were very off on the wrong side. Were they okay? Uh, yes. I actually thought I would have no problem getting 100 women to come. And I thought we kind of planned for 200. And I ended up with 65. So that was a big, big difference. It's still good, though, for your first like high-end event. Amazing. Yes. Like, in the end, I'm thrilled with it. And I'm also... I kept telling people that we're kind of on the fence of coming. And I did a lot of personal selling to get those people there just so mm-hmm. we're also straight up. I think that that's probably you would think, oh, I just do this event and I just put it out to the universe. And I feel with everything in entrepreneurship, there's a lot of personal selling that goes on that people don't talk about that. That's what I do to sell people into my high-end programs. It's through relationships. It's through talking. Um, and that's how I sold tickets as well. It was one at a time. And you know, some people were on the fence and I would say, you know, it will never be like the first year. There will be some magic created and we will look back five years from now and say, but remember the first year because that was amazing. So, and it was, and that's, it was, it was magical. And that's what something special happened with this first year that my goal going forward is how do I keep that magic and what, what, what people experienced when it was 65 women, how do I keep that as we grow it? Oh, it's so interesting. And I was right there with you and I didn't do the high end, but I was like, how hard the, 
how hard can this be? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I buy tickets all the time to events. I buy them at the last minute too. I do too. And I still do. And I'm the person I'm like, for Christ's sake, people buy your ticket. And I'm still the person that waits till the last minute to buy every ticket always. So, uh, yeah, I didn't understand how hotel blocks work that like you need to book through the link that the hotel, that the event provider gives. What's great is that I have a relationship with my community. I'm not just talking to random people. I can say, please book through this link. You're helping me. It's how we're going to make this event work is by you guys doing that. Uh, so so yeah, it's it's terrifying. And also, I will just say the exposure I got, not only it signals something to the world, and I, I, I can just say it signals something to the world when you say, I am someone that's going to step up and put on a live event, because I think a lot of people think it'd be a great idea and it would help their business. But once they check into like what you're risking, uh, they don't do it. And so I feel like it... Um, like I leapfrogged where I was in my business a couple years in terms of credibility, what I'm able to do. And that even among my peers and people that aren't even my peers, people that I would consider, you know, um, people I admire, my, who I am, my status, so to speak, whatever that is, somehow it has shifted just by putting this event on. I agree too. I had people when I would be networking, they'd be, oh, that's so cute. You're doing an event. Who's funding it? I'm like, Aaron, well, who's your boss? I'm like, Aaron, like nobody could believe that I was doing it. They're just, especially we're not going to get men, women, but it was just like this little, like men were kind of patting me on the head. That's so cute. You're doing this type of thing. Uh, good for you. It's just, but it does put you at a level. And I, I want to go, cause you, you're mentioning kind of the low, you know, the, the hard part you're looking at, not the lows of it, but like the scary, scary parts of it. Cause it, I mean, pit of your stomach sick on some of this stuff. Yeah. Two weeks before I was in a, like a fetal position in my <laughs> bedroom closet. Like, I don't think I can do this. Yeah. I think we've all been there. I think everybody's had the fetal position, but, and I know you brushed on the high, like it helped your business. You put the group. Can you really though, I don't know if it, but can you dig it into the high, like of really the high of afterwards? Because it really is something I, it, I never dreamed I'd be so happy doing it. Yes. To, especially as a podcaster, someone who's been, you know, talking to a microphone in my, you know, by myself, not necessarily, especially at the beginning, not knowing if anyone was listening to get to have, and, and spoke, I've spoken to these audiences that are women entrepreneurs, but not my women to be able to speak and to basically host and be responsible for everything happening at this conference to see the impact happening, to hear the testimonials, because we did some of that during like, what, what are your takeaways? And to be able to literally be backstage and hear those things happening and like, like tears going down, not sure if I could go out and speak after hearing how impacted people are. It's, it's, undes it's indescribable. I think that's what you're kind of saying too. It's mm -hmm. like, it's such a high. I, I, it, I was on adrenaline for, you know, two and a half days straight, really more than that because we had some VIP experiences before that for our, our high-end mastermind clients. But I, I could hardly sleep the whole time. I hardly ate. I was just going on adrenaline and it was so, it was the most incredible. I can't even describe it. I mean, maybe it's like driving a race car around a track or something. I don't know what it's, what else it's like. 
but to also have like a room full of women that are my raving fans, like stand up and clap for me to ask to take pictures with me and to, you know, literally come up to me over and over and share how I've impacted their lives. It's, um, I mean, yes, yes, please. I'll take more of that. It's, and then, but then after, you know, like right now I'm kind of, I've gone through the high, I've gone through the low after the event, which took me a long time to physically recover. Actually, I I really didn't understand next week, next year, I will not work at all for like two weeks because Mm -hmm. it, it impacted me physically and coming off that adrenaline. I, I was, my mind wasn't functioning for a few days, literally. So, um, but yeah, now I'm, I'm now I'm like okay, let's do you know we're we're doing it again and we're so excited uh, to be doing it again and my my community is excited and we sold tickets at our event for the next uh, next Bistics Live even though we hadn't quite signed dates with the hotel like people bought tickets not even even though we said we're pretty sure these are the dates they may change if they do change we'll give you a refund which was. Um, which was suggested to me by PT, as I mentioned, who has FinCon. Mm-hmm. He asked me, I was at Podcast Movement, and he said, so are you going to sell tickets for, for next year at, this, at your event? And I was like, well, and this is just in August, and my event was in October. I said, well, you know, people are actually telling me they can't come this year, but they're going to come next year. <laughs> and, I'm, and I'm kind of like, I haven't said I'm doing it next year. He's like, well, then the answer to me is yes, you are selling <laughs> tickets at your event for the next year. And he told me why I needed to. And he told me that even if I didn't have it all figured out, I still should. And oh, I, that was the most brilliant advice. I will say like my team and I were like still working on the, we were crafting and creating the sales page for next year during this event, during the event, because we didn't have time beforehand to like do the sales page. So we were in the, you know, before, right before, you know, within just a few hours before we talked about it on stage, we were finalizing the the sales page for it. That's incredible. And props to Phil, uh, PT. I call him Philip. Um, he is one of the greatest guys ever. And I always tell, like, you know, in the online world, you got your the people that kind of he is just solid. Phil Amazing. Taylor. I keep saying yeah. PT, but I. Was- I I'm so used to just calling him PT, but yeah, he, he's so generous and, and I feel like other, other people who have events and I now feel this way too. It's like a little club. Mm-hmm. They know how hard it is. They all had people help them. And so they're helping those of us that are newer at the game, uh, because it's a huge undertaking, uh, mentally, financially, um, probably spiritually. <laughs> like it is a huge, huge thing to do, uh, and it takes a lot out of you before, during, and after. Yeah. I mean, you're putting yourself out there. You're putting the party of the century on in your eyes. And you're like, please, somebody validate me right now and yes. tell me you'll come. I mean, that's yes. really what it is. I know. <laughs> um, I want to talk about the content, though, because I think, I know for me, to do an event like yours, like I have speakers that speak basically for me. I do MCing or I do interviews or I do my own presentation, but I have a lot of people line up my own content. I want to talk about coming up with content for two and a half days. This freaks me out. I'll be honest with you. And how did you dig in, really decide what was going to, you know, what you were going to fill the days with, what you were going to talk about? I know you did have a few other speakers, but it was majority your show, majority your show. Can you talk a little bit about how you came up with that, the thought process behind it? Sure. So I, you know, once I decided on how long I wanted the event to be, (laughs) I did that before. I I didn't create the speaker schedule and content schedule first. I just kind of intuitively knew what would be great for my community and figured out how we were going to pull that off. Initially, I thought I was going to do the whole thing by myself. (laughs) 
I laugh now because, oh my gosh, I think I would have just, you know, I, I wouldn't, I still wouldn't have recovered at this point if I <laughs> wanted to do that. So I'm so glad that I had other speakers, uh, but I really drew on what I thought my clients needed and the content they needed. And so I knew I wanted to open and close the each day would be me opening and closing. And I, I knew the topics that we needed to cover and, and really kind of the basis, really what I realized after I put it all together and I didn't do this and I didn't know this at the beginning, I figured it out at the end. I created a leadership conference for women entrepreneurs because mm. all the content I created was about how to lead your business. And there's really not a lot of training out there on that. And I have a business background, as you mentioned, a deep business background. I've been an entrepreneur, um, you know, here and there for many parts of my life. And I have an MBA. So I have had literally leadership training. <laughs> I've sat in those classes. I've, I've been under elite and I've also worked under great leaders too. Many of my women in my community have not. They've had really almost zero business training and they come to me because they're great at something but they don't have a business background. And so that's, that's how they kind of get attracted to me. And so um, I'm just going to like, well, first I got to show you if anyone not on video can't see, but we created a workbook. Wow. If you can't, yeah. For those of you listening, that is a thick workbook. It ended up being over a hundred pages, which we, we, I didn't know that at the time, but what, what it turned out is I wanted time for implementing. So I go to lots of conferences and I learn a lot of, and I get inspired and I meet lots of people and then I get back into my business and I have no time to implement. And because I'm either trying to catch up on my business or trying to connect with the people that I want to follow up with. So we planned intentionally to create implementation time after each speaker session. And we even had one night of implementing. So uh, we started off with the cruise on Wednesday night. On Thursday, we had a full day of content. And then we had a two-hour break between 4 and 6 p.m. And at 6 p.m., women were invited to come back to implement. And to we called it a... Uh, a Pomodoro party. So we did the Pomodoro method where you work for 25 minutes and take a five minute break. And we, we had scheduled, I think three hours of that. We ended up having to ask for an extra hour because the women wouldn't leave. Wow. They were loving working on their businesses. They were loving collaborating at tables. Someone would say, I'm struggling with this. And they, they would say, oh, I masterminded with so-and-so. She's at that other table. Let me have her help you. Um, oh, you need this connection. Let me, I met someone yesterday that totally could help you. Let, let's go connect. And so the women were working. They, the Pomodoro method didn't happen because no one would take breaks. We were from the stage saying, okay, let's take like a five-minute break. And they were ignoring us and just working. So we've already planned not to force it. We'll maybe have one break in the middle next year. And, uh, and we're going to have a four-hour work session instead of a three-hour one because women loved having time to implement. So in terms of topics, um, I, I kick things off by um, talking about how to just inspiring them to own that they're CEOs of their business. That was a big theme of the event was just stepping into um, that leadership role you have in your business, Wh wherever you are in your business, you are the CEO and that, that leadership role changes over time. Mm -hmm. And we talked about the different stages of business and, and I, I, I introduced a new framework uh, for, uh, for the stages of business. And, um, and so we talked about that and then um, 
We also talked about strategic planning. I had Natalie Gingrich, um, who's a fellow Texan to you. Uh, she's in San Antonio. She uh, spoke about strategic planning and the different strategic objectives you have in your business. There are seven and how to focus on them and that we can't do all seven at once, even though we want to. So that was how we, we kicked off kind of the morning. And then we came back and we did a... Uh, a mastermind panel. So I brought in one of my masterminds that had been together for uh, for the the bulk of the year. So for nine or ten months at that point, and they did a sample on stage, like a panel of what it's like to be in a mastermind. They, they shared their takeaways, but they also did hot seats. So two of them actually demonstrated live what, what it's like to be in the hot seat. And that really gave everyone a picture of what it's like to be in a mastermind because a lot of people haven't been in one and they don't know what it's like. And, um, and then I closed the day out by talking about planning like a CEO. So we talked about how, how, you know, the different ways to plan and in the workbook, we have worksheets on after every speaker, there's worksheets. And the intention wasn't that you would get through the whole workbook at the conference, but that you would have something to take away and work on. And the women are doing that. Like they're sending us pictures of being at the beach and they have their, their workbook. They're, they're telling us in, in our, in our paid group and in our, our free group that they have their, they're taking an afternoon to do a CEO date with themselves and, and work on some pages in the workbook. So that closed us out for Thursday. We then did that, you know, our implementation party. And then the next day I, I talked about mindset and I, my talk was called the battle for your entrepreneurial mind. And, uh, I gave everybody, see if I can find it here. I gave everybody an army man. I'm showing you mine. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, and this is to take with them. And it represents that, you know, there's a battle going on in your mind that you're having with yourself and that every level of business we're going to bump up against that. And we've got to deal with our mindset issues. And so we talked a lot about mindset. I was supposed to only talk for half an hour and I talked for over an hour. And um, I asked my team afterwards, I said, you know, I had no idea I talked so long. They said, we were not going to stop you. Like everyone was loving it. And so I was so thankful for them. They read the room and they didn't call me off stage. They weren't like, stop, time out. Like it was, they, they knew that this was what people needed. So we had to adjust a little bit going forward. Um, And my last two speakers were able to adjust and we adjusted our break slightly too. But the other two topics for the day were visibility, your visibility roadmap map and how to gain visibility in your in your business and all the different ways you can get visibility, you know, through speaking, through podcasting, through live video, all those different ways and at different levels of business, which which visibility tactics are are most important or most effective. And then um and that was with Carol Cox. And then Shelly Warren talked about stacking a team and how to um, hire. Her, her talk was called How to Hire, Fire, and Inspire. And it was fantastic. The ladies loved it because so many of them are growing teams and have never done it before and don't know how to do those things. Mm-hmm. And she has 26 years of experience working at Procter & Gamble and so much experience leading amazing teams. And so she brings that to her work now. And I actually hired her to be on my team. So <laughs> she's on my team now. After the event, I was like, I've got to have Shelly on my team. And so um, now she's part of BizChicks and not only helping to grow my team, but helping my clients to grow their teams too. And then I closed out um, sharing that we really wanted this whole experience to be about no woman left behind. And so that we are here to support each other, how we can do that. And that if we see each other struggling throughout the year, we've created a special bond. And can we, you know, make sure like it kind of went back to that kind of army man in battle. Like we're kind of all in battle as entrepreneurs. It's really hard. It takes such great courage. And let's just not 
let's make sure no one gets left behind. It doesn't mean we have to wait for people, but we also can pull people up with us and we can collaborate and we can shout each other out and we can do things to help one another. So we, came, we, we ended on a toast. We actually started on the boat with a champagne toast and we ended with a champagne toast. And um, so it was, it was really great. And then we went and had a party on the patio. That's how we ended. So it started with a party and it ended with a party. I love it. It's so good. And I know we're running low on time. The one last question what I, I want to ask is what's different? And I want to, from year one to year two, I want to focus not just on what's different at the event, but your lead up to the event, maybe how you market, how you, I mean, now you, you don't know what you don't know before. And yes, you talk to people, like you said, you kind of, you had some ideas, but now that you've experienced it, what changes before and what changes during the event for you um, in year two? Uh, there'll be a lot of a lot fewer things done last minute. Part of my mode of operating is I do do a lot of things last minute. I get a, like a little kick and high from doing that. And so there will be definitely some things done last minute, but so many things can be planned in advance. So I'm thrilled about that, about just, just it being easier um, right before and, and also during. We're going to have more volunteers. We didn't have enough volunteers. We weren't really sure what we needed. And so <laughs> one of our biggest fails was we forgot to have people volunteers stay to help clean up. So literally attendees that just like love me and, and you know, my team, uh, people that just cared for us, like realized, oh, there's no one cleaning up and they have to package all this stuff up and get it, you know, out the door. And so uh, I'm forever grateful for the people that did that. But next year we will have volunteers. So I think <laughs> A little more structure. We didn't have um, team meetings. We didn't have a volunteer meeting and we didn't have a team meeting at the event. So <laughs> that was a bit of a fail. Mm -hmm. So, so that is, um, that is, that is something that, that we're definitely changing. And in terms of selling tickets, one, just being able to sell them at the event, we actually, um, we had a pre-sale. So we opened tickets from the event for about a week. And if you were at the event, you got a special price. And if you were not at the event, you had a, a different price, but still a great price. And then we closed those down and you actually can't buy a ticket. We're, we're recording this in December, 2017. Uh, we'll reopen tickets in January. And so we just kind of shut them down for a little while so we could regroup and not be worrying about ticket sales and also just to get people excited and on the waiting list. So we're building a wait list right now, which is fun. And then I, what I learned is that it's, it's really amazing to sell and at meetups. So I had a meetup at podcast movement with about nine women. Mm. I think five of them ended up buying a ticket to the event. So that was amazing. It was very powerful to, for people to meet me in person and to make that personal connection and to hear more about what we're doing and what the experience was going to be like. I had a couple women that were there. They had other plans that weekend. They literally canceled them and got two other friends to come. So uh, the power of people knowing you and meeting in person, that is probably something my biggest takeaway from this entire year from 2017 and to create more opportunities to connect in my, with my community throughout the year. I love it. Well, congratulations. You're, I, I'm, I'm so proud of you for scheduling out years in advance. I think that's amazing. If someone wanted to learn more, I know right now they're waitlisted, but if they're listening to this and they want to either get on the waitlist or buy a ticket, where can they go? They can just come to my, my website, bizchicks.com, uh, and I spell chicks with an X, so it's B-I-Z-C-H-I-X.com, and they can click on the events button, or they can go to bizchicks.com slash live. Awesome. Well, congratulations, and I thank you so much for coming. I appreciate all the amazing insights, because uh, I know what it's like, so... Uh, oh. 
I'm, pr- I'm proud of you. This podcast. I cannot, <laughs> I am so excited that you are doing this because it is literally, I, I will subscribe the moment at the moment all these episodes are available because I cannot wait to learn from other event owners. And I feel like it's just as anything in entrepreneurship, there's always ways to iterate and improve. And so I look forward to learning from you and your guests, Erin. Thank you for doing this. Thank you. Hey, it's Erin from the Epic Live Events, and hopefully you enjoyed this episode. Now, I would love to help you with your live event. And how we're going to do that is by offering you our free live events budget worksheet. Listen, events take a lot of resources, whether it's time, money, or a little bit of both. Uh, You've got to figure out a way to really utilize this in your business to make your money back. So this spreadsheet has both sides, the different costs you may potentially have, how you can fill those in. You can just you know, fill in whatever number, estimates, call some people, get an understanding of what it may cost you to put this event or different ways. Um, you can save some money. And then of course, on the other side, how are you going to make money back? Are you going to sell at the event? Are you going to sell tickets? Are you going to get sponsorship? Are there going to be different things that you can utilize in order to begin to make your money back? And this is a spreadsheet that will help you kind of, I'm a spreadsheet girl. That's how I think all the time, but this will help you really start putting the concept to paper or how can you do better in your, in your next event and, you know, really make sure that bottom line, because as much as I would love to do events for free, I can't like it's, it's a resource heavy thing, but I promise you so, so worth it. So you can find that you can go to our show notes over at epicliveevents.co. That's CO. You can also get it in the notes of this episode or jump over to bit bit.ly.ly slash epic underscore budget. Again, that's bit.ly slash epic underscore budget. And you can grab that, like I said, for free, start the planning. And I'm telling you, it's so worth it every single bit.